Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, hockey fans, and welcome once again to the Vegas Hockey Podcast. I'm Mark Warner, along with Chris and Lisa. Hey, Mark. It's uh, great to be here, and this is a special show for a lot of reasons. We are now going to be affiliated with the inaugural launch of the Hockey Writers podcast page over at thehockeywriters.com. We're talking with J.D. Styles from Cali Sports News reporting live from the Stanley Cup Finals. And today we're being joined by the first general manager in Las Vegas franchise history, George McPhee. With Pat Quinn... You know, I'm likely the finest man I've ever met in my life. This is the Vegas Hockey Podcast. We're talking with Quinn Malarczyk. There's something about George McPhee that everybody says is a good fit. This is the Vegas Hockey Podcast, and we're talking with Dan Lane, play-by-play voice for the MLB Rebel Hockey Team and owner of Dan Lane Sports. Joining us now is Matt Pryor of thehockeywriters.com. He's coming to us from the Dallas Stars training camp. All right, hockey fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Vegas Hockey Podcast. I'm Mark Warner along with Chris Letha. Coming in and will now be... Joining us for a weekly segment, uh, Dana Lane from Dana Lane Sports and the play-by-play voice of UNLV Skating Rebels Hockey. Uh, Dana, thank you for joining us, and it's a pleasure to be working with you on a weekly basis, sir. Well, I appreciate you asking. It's uh, Anything I could do to talk about hockey and talk about Vegas and UNLV, and we get this thing rolling a little bit here so people are, uh, you know, if we create these outlets for people to be interested in the sport, you know, it's just going to make our NHL team that much stronger. For sure. And Chris, good evening from out on Long Island. Not quite late out there, but getting into the later hours of the evening. You're going to be able to stay awake for us? I, I, well, it's cold out here. Is it? It's cold. Cold as in like yeah, cold as, yeah. 50 degrees or what? Uh, it's, well, it's in the high 50s, but it's windy. It's cold. Cold and a little rainy. Wow. But, uh, yeah, so it's almost like a hockey weather going on out here. So, uh, well, I woke up, I woke up this morning. I woke up this morning. My car battery was dead. So I go back in, in the garage, oh. grab the jumper cables, come outside. It starts pouring rain on me. Um, so that was, that was the start of my day. And then by the time I got to work, it was, I think... I think it was already 80 degrees. The rain had stopped, and it was just humid and hot. And then we got to crawl around on concrete slabs running conduit today. So I am ready to talk hockey and, and <laughs> relax and have a good time this evening. So thanks for thanks for joining me, fellas. Dana, we had a uh, pretty solid weekend up in Utah. Why don't you update us on the uh, UNLV skating rebs, undefeated skating rebs, I might add. Yeah, we'll do a big weekend in Utah because – not only did they take all three games against uh, Utah State, uh, Weber State, and, and Utah Valleys, but uh, two of those teams, Utah State and Weber State, are both of the teams that were ahead of them in the standings last year. So they kind of circled those games as kind of payback games. And, of course, that they won all three, so they go to 5-0. and uh, They'll come home this week and also play Weber State in two games, which is going to be very interesting. Because uh, the the Rebels are a little little beat up. Uh, we lost their starting goaltender, and we have uh, their, their, the depth is certainly going to be tested. The depth is something that they have, so it's not uh, in, in, it's something that they're worried about too much. Because I, I love their backup goaltender. I think Eric Idison and Alex Spieth have shown that they can uh, man the pipes pretty well. But um, a lot of the guys are banged up, and they will face a Weber State team that not only is responsible for those a lot of those injuries, 
but also a team that is very physical. So they will have to be mentally prepared uh, Friday night at Sobe Arena at 8.45 Pacific time. All right, all right. And then, uh, again, let's talk about in, in two weeks' time, at the tail end of the Frozen Fury weekend, uh, there's a, a game against ASU there right at the T-Mobile, which will be UNLV's first yep. game at the T-Mobile. Um, all, all proceeds from that game are going to go to the Skate and Rebels, so you guys get out there and support your local hockey team. Um, with that, we did. We did. Uh, we were talking a little bit off the air about the practice facility ceremony they're going to do groundbreaking next week. Fill us in a little bit on that too, if you could. Yeah, on the eighth of our, or I'm sorry, next Saturday, which I believe is the fifth of October, uh, they will have a groundbreaking ceremony, and Bill Foley will be there, and uh, McVie will be there, and I'll have some dignitaries there to officially break ground. Of course, they've been pushing dirt around there for about ten days now, and uh, it's funny because McVie, uh, or I'm sorry, Murray Craven has a, a little trailer out there that he kind of stays in, and he's able to work from there. And, um, you know, they're, they're going to have two sheets of beautiful ice there that is not only going to be a facility for the NHL team, but it's also going to be a facility for the community. And where it is right in the back of the Red Rock Hotel is certainly smack dab in the, in the middle of Summerlin. So those kids will now be able to skate. And I, I heard today, you know, we were talking about, um, they were talking about West Coast hockey on, on the NHL uh, network this morning. And, so they were talking about how in Los Angeles and then Phoenix and all these guys, all these spots where you would say it's a non-traditional hockey market, which is an absolute, you know, ridiculous statement to me. Only in hockey do we worry about if a city is traditional or non-traditional. But the the fact of the matter is, you get so many of these people moving from the East Coast to the West Coast, bringing their passion of the sport with them. And, and I think it, this is a, uh, you know, this is a, going to be a hockey hotbed. And I think the West Coast, in time, will be thought of as maybe a uh, as good of a, a place for youth hockey as even, say, Minnesota at this point. Because it's going to explode. I, I agree. I agree. Look at, um, if you look at the growth of the game from when Gretzky was traded to the Kings to where the California game is now, it, I mean, it's taken 15, 20 years, but... Um, I remember about 10 years ago, the first kids from that era in Los Angeles started making their way up through juniors, making their way up into the NHL. Um, one of one of whom is Gabe Gulche, coach of the junior Las Vegas Storm here. He, uh, he, he was from SoCal and came up through that, if I'm not mistaken. Got his cup of coffee with the Kings, actually, and then... Uh, now he's our junior head coach, so I mean it's it's gonna it's gonna happen. But look look for those eight, nine, ten year olds in about ten years to you know start doing what they're doing. Let's jump in. I want to bring Chris in now. Uh, last time we totally shut him out of the first segment, and I did apologize to him <laughs> for that. So I'm gonna let him kick off the the Central Division preview talk with you, Dana. Chris, why don't you jump in and and fire away, Good buddy? Question Last, if he duplicated exactly. last season, 
so, but if he kind of, you know, it was the first year he broke 30 goals. He's always been a solid 25 goal guy. Yeah. So if he kind of fell back, you know, he definitely would have gotten six a year, six million a year. So, yeah, and on the open market, you know. So uh, it was definitely good news for TJ Yoshi, that's for sure. Well, I will say this. I mean, it, that's I'm glad to see that because I felt like Don Sweeney might be in the mode of, of turning the uh, the soil over a little bit in Boston. And, you know, I'm still I, – I, I'm a huge Tucker uh, Rask fan. I think he's uh, – when he has the proper defenseman in front of him, I think he's a solid goaltender. I think he's an elite goaltender. Um, and I think also this is a year for the Bruins where Paul Julian has to uh, get his team in the playoffs because, you know, come around Christmas time, but this team is out of the playoff – or not out, but, you know, out of the picture at the time. Um, I, I think they will make a move with Julian, which may be a positive for Las Vegas. So who's Stanley's team in the Central Division? Well, I mean, it's got to be Chicago to me. I mean, I you look up and down. I mean, the only negative is if Corey Crawford gets hurt. I'm just not 100% sold on Scott Darling. I mean, I think he's an average goaltender at best. I mean, maybe maybe a little a tick above average. But like with so many of these teams, that if their starting goaltender gets hurt, I'm just not sold on on their backup. Now, with that being said, I mean he's got a fantastic defenseman in front of him. Um, I think they're probably you have to get to their third line before you have any kind of um, uh, you know if you any kind of a worry with them offensively. But you know, I mean, like. Let's let's see. You know, we're going to have on that third line. We're going to have Marcus Kruger who's going to be with with Tyler Mott and, and Nick Smalls. And Nick is uh, you know a rookie. And I think you're going to start to see some of the kids come into that organization, which may affect the depth. I will tell you this: I do want to see how they rebound mentally after a first round seven game loss to St. Louis. But on the flip side of that, that might be the best thing to ever happen to them because they're so used to playing deep into the playoffs that their turnaround time before camp is next to nothing. That might have been the best thing to ever happen to Chicago is to get out of early so they have proper time to rebound. You're not concerned with the turnover Chicago went through? It seems like a common thing with the Blackhawks. Um, but they lost some pretty important pieces um, from their from their championship runs. They did bring uh, old friend Brian Campbell back into the fold, but it, like you said, the the depth is going to be tested a little bit this year. Finishing third in the division last year, and then they're going to have a lot of moving parts once again, and that's a common theme. I, I always fall prey to the, oh, that was it, and then they always prove me wrong, and and then I go forward with egg on my face. But the, the losing the Teravinans and, and the, the Shaws and, and Brian not Bickle. Brian Bickle, not bringing back Andrew Ladd, um, that's a little bit more deeper into their roster than they've had to cut before. You don't see that as a as a setback for them. Well, by comparison to the other thing, the other items that the other teams are having to deal with, I don't. I mean, you look at Dallas, and you know, if you're building a team from the goaltender out, which you know, I I think you got to win a cup with a, at least a couple pairs of uh, good D men and a, and a solid goaltender. I just don't know. You know, between Lettinen and uh, AMA, I just, I, I, I'm shocked that they didn't make some sort of a deal. Or I think it's got to come soon because I don't like either of those goaltenders. And uh, you just basically are going into the season the same way that you went in last year. And, and oh, by the way, you know now you have some injuries to face. And, and I think Dallas is going to, I think they're going to take a step back. But as far as going back to Chicago, I mean. Um, I, I think the layoff for them is actually going to help them. And look, I mean, if Duncan Keith is 100% of his knees, 100%, I think uh, you look at their top D core with, with Keith and, and Jomerson and Seabrook and Campbell. I mean, that's, I tell you, that's, I, I, I don't know if their second pairing is not going to even be better than their first pairing. And I, I love that combination. And again, it just comes down to Corey Crawford staying, staying healthy because if Corey Crawford, is not healthy, 
uh, then I think you, you have a problem in Chicago. I think when you look at the Central Division overall, what I took away from when I was when I was breaking down each team, the roster turnover is kind of a theme from all all of last year's top three teams. With Dallas was right. always the high power offense, questionable defense. Um, as you mentioned, ten ten and a half million dollars for that pair of goalies is is uh, way extreme. But then they go and lose Demirs and Goligoski on defense, and and they're basically, I mean, they got Dan Hamhuse, but they're really going to try and fill those holes from within. So you take the only weakness they had and and perhaps make it weaker. And then St. Louis, uh, they go through, they lose their their captain's gone, and a couple other key players. I think roster turnover and who gels together earlier in the season is going to go a long way towards who's going to who's going to take the division at the end of the season. My, I, I won't give it away because I got to do my my preview predictions at the end of the show. But I don't know. I just say I don't know if I have any of those three teams winning the division this time around. Yeah, I'm sorry. You were cutting out. It's cutting out a little bit. So I apologize. Oh no, that's all right. I was just saying that the 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 roster turnover and which team gels together out of those yeah. top three teams, Dallas, St. Louis, and Chicago, early in the season is probably going to go a long way towards who's going to take the division as as you get towards april but there's there's another team there that i think is going to be a dark horse that people need to look out for too yeah i mean as far as st louis is concerned i mean it, reports out of camp already are saying that carter hutton is the best player on the on that team and so they might have another one-two punch there uh between jake allen and, and carter hutton and i i like carter i mean i think he's a he's a solid goaltender i'd like him to Get a safe percentage up a little bit, but as far as uh, as far as goaltender is concerned, um, I think they're pretty solid. I, I think they're def- defensively. I think they're pretty average. I'm not a huge Bowmeister fan. I'm not a huge Shattenkirk fan, even though they, you know, and this is just defense. Um, I, I think they really have to step their game up to uh, get to the level that they performed at last year, or the, the team performed at last year. But shoot, offensively. Uh, they're 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 pretty deep. In fact, if that Fabry and uh, Lutera and Perron line uh, start to shine, uh, they're going to be pretty fantastic and, and push Chicago. Uh, but if uh, even outside of them, if you get down uh, it, to their offensive depth on 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 the blue line, I mean, uh, I think that they're um, I think they're pretty solid. So I think St. Louis is going to push Chicago for sure. Uh, but Chicago, I mean, top to bottom, comparing, you know, putting these guys on paper, you know, I just don't see another team in the division, uh, name-wise at least, that uh, can compete with them. Well, uh, have, have you done done your – I know you do your power rankings. How, how, where are you at in the process of that as we head towards the season? Yeah, no, I mean, I have them right now. I mean, I have Chicago number one. I have St. Louis number two. Um I really think Dallas is going to take a step back, and especially if Tyler Sagan's on 100%. I have been down on this team, and I know a lot of people are not going to be, uh, they're not going to jump on this bandwagon with me, but I think they're going to struggle this year. I think they're going to struggle to, you know, I mean, obviously I think they're going to be, you know, in that 10 game over range, uh, but I think they're going to squeak into the playoffs. I don't think it's going to be like it was last year because from, from January on last year, they were a pretty average hockey team, and I still, I just don't like, um, I don't like their goaltending, and I think Minnesota is going to be a better team. I think Nashville is going to be better, um, and I think you're going to get a better effort out of Winnipeg too. too. I mean, they have potentially an, an explosive first line uh, with um, uh, with Patrick Line and and Shifley and Blake Wheeler. So that if that line comes together. That's a pretty formidable, formidable uh, front line. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that. Actually, that's one of the, the little tick marks in my notes that I wanted to get with Matt Pryor on was uh, how, how he thinks that 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 line and that group is going to do up there. They they're another team that uh, continues to go through roster turnover uh, as we look through the Central Division. What does uh, what is what is the I know they don't break down odds by division, but if you go th- if you go through the list on the the futures lines right now, does the Chicago right up there at the at the top? Yeah, Chicago's eight to one 
to win the Stanley Cup. They're eleven to four to win the conference. So yeah, they're number one. And then Dallas is at twelve to one and thirteen to two to win the conference. And that's followed by St. Louis uh, and Nashville. Minnesota's taken a little bit of a, a jump up. Uh, they would be next at twenty to one and nine to one. And uh, Colorado would be at the Colorado would be at the um, uh, at the bottom of that at forty five to one and twenty two to one to win the win the conference. Just, just real quick on Colorado, and then I'll let you go. Um, yeah. What, what do you think the effect of, of the Patrick Raw departure is going to have? Is that going to be a plus for that club? You know, I. It's interesting. You know, you you listen to um, you listen to interviews, and and he clearly was a player's coach. I think that a lot of people like playing. I I, I don't think if I'm a uh, he, he, listen, this thing has been going back all, all the way to the draft, okay? So if you're unhappy with the way the direction of the team is going, perhaps back in the draft you make this move. I don't think you make this move as you're about ready to go to camp. Uh, you know, Patrick Waugh, to me, has had basically one successful season, and he's rolled that to, you know, many other opportunities. But um, he has not been a great playoff coach, um, and I think his team's allowed too many shots. They don't dictate play. And uh, maybe that is addition by subtraction, but you know, I, definitely Joe Sackick. I think the first couple months is going to is going to have a hard time putting this thing together. And I think they're pretty weak in goal. I think they're pretty weak on, def- on defense. Um, I don't, you know, I mean, you look at their guys offensively, and you know, what line scares you? Nathan McKinnon played well in the World Cup, but other than that, I mean, what line scares you? The, the Landis Scott scare you? I mean, Matt Duchesne? I, I guess Duchesne is probably the big weapon. And yeah, Duchesne scares me a little bit. Weapon, what's that? Watch, he, out for Miko, watch out for Miko Ratton in this year, though, boy. Yeah, yeah, my well, finish right. my so, finish okay. flash. So that's the thing. I mean, if you've got a guy like that that's going to come in and have a good season, great. But when I'm sitting here looking at teams, I can't anticipate what somebody is going to do if they've never done it before at this level. Right. And, and you know, and look, I mean, if they put him on the Soderberg line, I think, you know, there certainly is an opportunity for him to, to have a great season. But I can't sit here, and especially when we're talking about from a gaming aspect, I can't sit here and cross my fingers that some of these guys are going to, you know, have fantastic seasons on a team that I don't know has the people around them to make them good players. No, a hundred percent. Do they, or, or at least shine to the point where, you know, Colorado can be better than what I think they're going to be. Are there any, are there any books that post over under on win totals or points totals in town? Like they do for like football and baseball. Oh yeah. No, they all do. They all do. They now? all have the win totals. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Everybody has a has a win total up for a team. I don't have them in front of me. I'd be happy to get them for next week. But okay, um, yeah, every book has uh, season win totals that'll, for the NHL. That'll be interesting to talk about. Well, let me let you go. I got to get uh, Matt Pryor's going to join us here in a little bit. I got to get him on the line, sir, and uh, we'll talk to you. We're going to do our <coughs> excuse me. We're going to do our Metro division preview we're going to be recording at an odd time sunday so look for that early next week too um and we'll talk to you then dana thanks again for joining us well guys i appreciate it very much have a great week and uh we'll we'll talk again okay go rebs thanks dana yes sir go rebs yes sir Okay, that was Dana Lane with Dana Lane Sports and also the play-by-play voice of UNLV Hockey. And now, coming into the Vegas Hockey Hotline is Matt Pryor. You could follow him at BigTex26 on Twitter. He also covers Dallas Stars and Florida Panthers for thehockeywriters.com. Matt, welcome to the show, sir. Hey, thanks for having me. It's great to be back. No, it's good to talk to you. It's been it's been too long. Our summer of our summer of discontent is about to come to an end uh hockey season is back to save us all so it's good to talk to you again sir we're going to bust into the central division preview here um let's start right at the top with your dallas stars my two questions are are both on defense goligoski and demirs tell me how that which last year when we were looking ahead we all kind of agreed that the offense was going to be terrific. Special teams was going to be terrific. Goalie, goaltender play would probably be just sufficient. 
And if there was a weakness, it was going to be on defense. And I did like the signing of, of Oduya last year to come in and bring that Stanley Cup pedigree to the back end. But now you've lost two of your key defensemen. And as I saw in your article that previewed the Dallas Star season over at the Hockey Writers, you indicate that they're – I mean, they brought in Dan Hamhuse, but um, – you indicate that for the most part they're going to try and fill those positions in house. Does does f on the on the surface of it, it looks as if the the one area of the team that may be considered a weakness just got weaker. Um, do you perceive it that way, or do you got something to educate me on? Well, I I think it's kind of a double-edged sword. Uh, you, you've got younger players now uh, replacing, uh, just in general, replacing Goligoski and Demers, uh, but they're bigger, they're stronger, uh, and this was an issue against St. Louis. Uh, the, the Stars' defense got pushed around in their own zone by the, the Blues forwards, and, and so by subtracting Goligoski, Demers, and Chris Russell, who are all, uh, I believe, 5'11 or shorter, and replacing them with Essel and Dell, who's, I believe, 6'3. Patrick Nimitz is 6'2 or 6'3. Jamie Alexiak, of course, is about 11 feet tall. Um, they're, they're going to have a more imposing physical presence. And uh, I, I think it was a move designed to to help them get past St. Louis next spring. So I, I think it's going to work out all right. Now, the downside, of course, is, is them being younger players. They're going to make some mistakes. You know, they're, they're going to learn some things the hard way. But, but then again, you know, Golodowski is a veteran player, and he had some really – cringeworthy turnovers in the playoffs, uh, and and several of them ended up in the back of the net. And uh, so, so I think overall uh, it's going to work out well for the Stars. Okay, and maybe maybe not right away, but I think that's maybe what a lot of people might think they would need was a a more physical, responsible, steady presence on the blue line. So if it is addition by subtraction then uh, you would not too much other turnover. We were talking with Dana Lane before you came in, and one of the one of the themes as I was going through all the all the teams in this division is there's at the very top Dallas, St. Louis, Chicago, uh, and then even towards the bottom with Winnipeg. There's a lot of roster turnover in this division, and I, I what do you think about just that theme as as who gels first could carry that through to the division. Um, what do you think about that? Ooh, that is a good question. And, and uh, frankly, that's more of a regular season question. I can't believe you're asking me that in, in the preseason. <laughs> We're ready to go here at the Vegas Hockey Podcast. <laughs> yeah, well, well, when I look at uh, – When I look at uh, – sorry, I just got a message there. When I look at St. Louis and they've lost their captain and uh, I look at I look at Dallas and the turnover on defense and I look at Chicago with Tara Vinan, Shaw, Bick, Bick, Bickle. Uh, they didn't retain Ladd, who I thought was, you know, Ladd. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I, 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 and and – you know, Winnipeg going through still more. I mean, there's there's a lot uh, there's a lot of question marks even right there at the top of the division. That, that's true. That's true. And I I think there are the two teams who are the front runners as far as as gelling first uh, would be St. Louis and Dallas, and and I say that because Dallas, by and large, the, the you know, with the exception of Dan Hamhuse and, and Yuri Hoodler, the players they lost, they're replacing internally. So you're bringing in guys who are familiar with the system already, and uh, so it's it's there will be fewer bumps 
along the way as they transition. And St. Louis is kind of in the same boat because, yeah, they lost uh, David Backus, which is a huge loss for them. Yeah, for sure. Um, and and Brower, of course. Um, but they're, they're, I believe, mostly replacing them from within. I mean, they signed uh, David Perron, but he played with the Blues previously. So he's he's coming home, essentially. The much-traveled and, uh, David Perron. Yes, yes, and uh, so I think they're gonna they're gonna count on youngsters like Jaden Schwartz and and Robbie Fabry, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, so I think I think they will hit the ground running. Uh, the stars certainly have to hope that they're able to hit the ground running because eleven of their first twenty games are against Central Division opponents. Ouch. So, yeah, there's there's going to be very little margin for error. If, if I remember correctly, last season, in their first 20 games, they only played three against Central Division opponents. So it was it was kind of like uh, college football. You know, the teams have these easy schedules the first few games before they start their conference play. The Stars kind of did the same thing last year, and, and as we saw, they took full advantage of it. And they're they're not going to have uh, an easy schedule uh, in October and November uh, this time around. So it's it's going to be very interesting to see how they do. But but I do think they have an advantage over the other team, Chicago, especially their uh, their depth, their forward depth, really concerns me. Because uh, as you said, they lost to Andrew Shaw. Andrew Shaw is a Swiss Army knife. You know, he he can do it all. He can play any forward position, and uh, he's he's one of those glue guys, and I don't see where they've replaced him, really. I mean, there, there's going to be someone filling that roster spot, but it, he's not going to be able to do what Andrew Shaw does. I agree. And, I agree. Now, that, that leads me on to, uh, well, let me, get, let me bring Chris in. Chris has been the silent majority here this evening. Chris, uh, what do you got for Matt tonight? Well, it's great to have Matt back on the show. You know, looking at my notes, they saw we haven't had him on. You know, Mark, since round one Eastern Conference predictions, we, we won't go there because you know I know there's some wounds and stuff. But uh, oh, uh, oh, you're you're the the so, the fisticuffs in Florida. Is that what we're talking about? Well, I got to give Matt credit because he said the winner of that series would win the series in six, which they did. And he says the difference would be goaltending, which he was right about. He just had the wrong team. But as I, as I digress, uh, so here's my first question for you, Matt. If I told you out of Colorado, Minnesota, or Winnipeg, that one of these teams would be have a sleeper team this year, and who would Matt Pryor put his $5 wager on? I think of... Of those three teams, I'd have to go with Colorado. I think number one, changing coaches is going to be a good thing for them. It's, it's unfortunate that it happened so late in the summer. But uh, Jared Bednar, I think, well, you know, he led Lake Erie, now Cleveland, to the AHL championship. And uh, if, if he can hit the ground running, uh, I think they're going to benefit from more than anything from not having Patrick Waugh as head coach. And I, I hate to say that, but I, I think it's another case of a superstar player making a subpar head coach. I asked you know? that I asked that question in the last segment. I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to get your take on that as well. Um, when he came in, Obviously, they had the one great season there, but ever since then, it's been downhill. Um, do you think, obviously you do, that that's going to be beneficial as they go forward without Patrick Waugh's coach? I, I really do. Uh, I think, I, I'm not sure, you know, because obviously I didn't see a whole lot of of uh, AHL play, but obviously Bednar did a great job. I mean, any time a team wins a championship, 
you you got to give the coach some credit. He he did something right, and uh, I, I think in general that it will just give the team uh, a fresh perspective. Uh, and I think the possession is going to improve, and and they've got some real young talent, uh, especially Miko Rantanen. There you go. I, I am I am really excited to see this kid, and I'm predicting right now he's going to be a finalist for the Calder Trophy. The, I mean, the Finnish Bull, last I year, think. Then they wasn't he called the Bull over in in Finland? I was really high on him. Bowl, yeah. The Finnish Bull. Remember, I was high on him when we did our draft preview show two years ago. I really I thought he would be the first you European are. skater taken, and I thought he would go five to number five to Carolina because I thought that would be um, a great spot for a left winger since they only had one or two natural left wingers in their whole system. Um, but that didn't that didn't work out. I'm excited to see him play too. Yeah, I mean, he last year at age 19, he came over to North America, played in the AHL, and in 52 games, he put up 24 goals and 60 points. And he's a big so, boy too. He's not a he's not a little he's not a, a little little water bug out there flying around skating. He's gonna skate through people. He's a big boy. Oh yeah, he's a six six four two twelve. Yeah. Hey Matt, can you give your phone a smack? Um, starting to pick up some kind of pops when you're when you're talking through it. Punch punch your phone in the mouth or something. <laughs> I'll, I'll see what I can do here. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Is that working? Is that better? <laughs> you know what? It is better. I don't know. I don't know what you did, but I, it was getting a lot a lot of poppy as you, as it was coming through. So yeah, sometimes you got to rough those old what? flip phones up, Matt. Wow. I got to. <laughs> I got another. I got another question here for Matt in terms, and he touched on it about the Blackhawks, and you know, year after year, we've seen them in the off season being in a cap crunch, and they've had to make mass, you know, a number of uh, machinations and moves uh, to get cap compliant, and but somehow, some way, they've been a contender every year. But he touched on it a little bit, Matt, and uh, I think I know where we're going with this, but I'll ask the question. You think uh, after this past off-season's losses, because there were a lot of losses, but there weren't a lot of gains, does the cap casualty moves finally catch up, catch up with the Blackhawks this year? So, uh, I mean, well, when I say that, uh, I'll, I'll tell you this. I'm, I'm predicting them to finish fourth in the division. I think they're still going to be a playoff team, but but I don't think they're going to hit 100 points. Um, they, they are just too thin in the bottom six. You know, they're going to have Marcus Kruger centering the third line now, and he's, he's coming off an injury. I think he only played 40 games last season, and he is, he is a good fourth-line center. Is he ready to, to take on third-line minutes and responsibilities? We'll find out, um, but they they just yeah they lost Teravine and they lost Shaw they lost Pickle and and really the only outside addition was Brian Campbell and I mean Campbell has been described as a young thirty seven year old but how long is he going to stay young and 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 I mean you you can start to see him. Uh, well, I won't say him. His numbers, you can start to see his numbers slip uh, when you look at his last couple years with Florida. And and it's it's why the Panthers wanted to bring in Keith Yandel uh, because he's, what, uh, seven years younger, eight years younger than Campbell. And um, so, I, you know, I know he'll be happy to play in Chicago again. That's home to him. He he never sold his house there apparently, um, and uh, uh, he'll get a little boost from that. But he's 37, Hose is 37, um, and and a third liner now really. And uh, I just think in this division, uh, they are they are the if not the oldest team they're one of the oldest teams, and they're also now one of the thinnest 
teams. I mean, their high-end talent is still, you know, all-star caliber, but beyond that, they're getting mighty thin. I just had a thought on that when you were uh, uh, breaking this down for us. I told you that either one of Patrick Kane or Jonathan Tays was going to miss, let's say, 30 games this year. How much would you say they'd be in jeopardy of missing the playoffs? Oh, I, I think they'd be in very real jeopardy of missing. Um, I think this this division is so competitive um, that that any team that has serious injury problems uh, is, is going to find their playoff chances in jeopardy. But Chicago in particular, because even completely healthy, like I said, I'm picking them to finish fourth. And um, and so if you take away one of those high-end players, then maybe maybe it's not fourth, maybe it's fifth or sixth. So so that means you got to have Nashville up pretty high then. I do. Uh, I like Nashville I've, too. I've got, I've got Nashville second. Um, I agree I, with I that. Will say, I, I will say that the – when I just estimated points, total points for each team, it's awfully close. Uh, between first and third, I had a three-point separation. And uh, so it, it's, it's, it's funny because these are elite teams, but I can also see the, the flaws or the, the issues that they might have. Like with Nashville – you know, Pecorine, he's got uh, a rebound. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, everyone talks about the Stars goaltending, and it is an issue, definitely. But, you know, Kari Lettman's save percentage last year was 906, and Rene's was 908. Um, and, and there's uh, a lot better defense in front of Rene than uh, Lettman. True. True. <laughs> and and so you would you would think you would think that his save percentage would be higher. Uh, but uh, he's he's got to rebound. Uh, did, he, did rebound he did respond in the playoffs, though, other than game seven. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So we'll, we'll see if he can keep that up. Uh, because if he doesn't, then Nashville's got problems. You know, then maybe Nashville falls out of the top three. Um, and uh, well, you and also, one, you, you think you think that one score is short? Well, I think with a full season of Ryan Johansson, um, I, I think the Predators will no longer be the answer to the trivia question, which is the only current NHL franchise to never have a 40-goal scorer. I, I think uh, Philip really? Forsberg wow. will hit 40. Yeah. I, I, I looked that up a couple of years ago. I couldn't believe it, but Nashville is the only one that's never had a 40-goal scorer. So what do you get th- a game-in, game-out, consistent big year for Ryan Johansson, or is it going to be the little girl with the curl? Ooh, ooh, Chris! <laughs> I think I think that's he's going to come. That's my problem with Joe. That's my problem with Joe Anson. Man, I think that's yeah. the hardest shot I've ever heard you take, Chris. <laughs> I, I think he's going to come in motivated. I, I think the whole team is fired up by the acquisition of PK Subban. And, uh, well, that's where I wanted to go too. Was how do you think Subban fits in in the Laviolette team? Oh, I, I think he's going to flourish. I think, I think so too. You're see, I he's going to see Nashville play a more up tempo game. Yeah. Uh, which, as we all know, that's where the league is headed. And uh, uh, my only question, I, I was thinking about this earlier today. They trade Shea Weber for Subban, and I. I get that. You, you, you've got to give to get. But then they turn around and make Mike Fisher the captain. 
and nothing against Mike Fisher. I I like him as a player, and from what I've seen, I like him as a person. But he is 36 years old and entering the final year of his contract, hmm. and they gave him the C. So is there a leadership void in Nashville? Did they? Well, I guess obviously they felt like he none of the, the younger players were ready to take on that responsibility. Yeah. Maybe they were trying to get it in to get Carrie to sing the national anthem. <laughs> that might that's a possibility. That, that yeah. might be what it is. <laughs> well anyway, we gotta get out of here, Matt. So uh you got anything else, Chris? I wanna get his predictions before we go. Hey, let's go. Yeah, yeah, let's get your predictions there, Matt, for the uh for the central, for the central, and uh, uh, and uh, who, who you have making the playoffs in terms of wild card. All right. Well, I've got. Uh, I'll start in seventh place. I think it's going to be Winnipeg again. Uh, I I have them coming in uh, at about eighty six points, so it'll be a slight improvement over last year. But uh, oh, real quick before uh, I'm sorry to interrupt. Real quick thought: What's Patrick Line, uh, Line going to do this year as a rookie? Um, I'm predicting his rookie year uh, he's going to have 20 to 25 goals, and uh, okay. and that's that's just the beginning for him. I I'm really high on that kid, but uh, yeah, he'll play on the second line and and he'll score 20 to 25, and Winnipeg is going to love him. Okay. But okay. Uh, gotcha. All right. So, so you got you got Winnipeg in seventh. Okay. Yeah, Winnipeg in seventh. Uh, Minnesota in sixth, uh, with ninety points. Uh, they're just to me. There's still some question marks there. The biggest one, of course, Eric Stahl. Uh, is is this going to really be a fresh start for him? Does he have anything left in the tank? Uh, Jason Pominville too. He needs a, a nice bounce back year. Because I think he's under contract for another three years at about 5.6 mil. So, uh, yeah, sixth place Minnesota, fifth place Colorado with 92 points, um, fourth Chicago with 98, third I have Dallas with 103, uh, second Nashville with 104, and first. St. Louis with 106, and and I would throw out the disclaimer that that any major injuries or goalie issues, because really the top three with Jake Allen, Pecorine, and then the Stars tandem, they've all got goaltending issues. So if any of the goalies crap out, then then that one, two, three order can be thrown off completely. I I think I think that goes without saying. These all, all all predictions got to be based on a healthy roster going throughout. You know, minor injuries for sure. But I mean, if you lose your number one center, your starting goalie, or something, we can't hold you responsible for that. It's a rare team that has a rare team that has two excellent goalies. I can only think of a couple. There were a lot more before this Las Vegas team started happening. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> there were. Yep. <laughs> There were a lot more. Unfortunately, they've all kind of dealt with that pretty good. I've got my eye on a couple still, but all the all the guy uh, Brian Elliott was one for sure that I was thinking. Okay, they're going to go one more year. They'll uh, they're going to they've they've been wanting to go with Jake Allen as the man for geez how many years? So I figured that would be a, per- <coughs> a perfect guy for them to leave Dangle out there, and uh, I would have been happy to start off with him in net. That's for sure. Aren't they aren't they uh, naming the street to T-Mobile Arena? Isn't it being changed to uh, Big Ben Way? Didn't I hear something about that? Oh, <laughs> I think if they had to change the name right now, it would just be uh, Foley Circle, man. You, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, that's okay. where you know what I mean. Foley Circle at McPhee Drive, and uh, I mean, they're, they're going to get it done. That's where that's where those street names got to go. That's for sure. 
I like it. Well, anyway, Matt, um, I, I look forward to uh, we'll finalize how we're going to hook up next week at Frozen Fury. So uh, I'll look forward to meeting you and enjoying a cold adult beverage before we head in to watch the King Stars game next week. And I'll see about uh, anybody anybody out there who needs a home uh, for the King Stars game. There might be a couple tickets available. Hit me up, Mark Warner at Vegas Hockey Pod, VegasHockeyPodcast.com. Um, or hit me on Twitter at Vegas Hockey Pod if you need a couple tickets for the game. Matt's gonna, Matt might have a couple extras for below face value um, for the Kings Avalanche game. King Stars, he's not giving those tickets up, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. But, uh, f- yeah, for King Kings Avs, I'm, we might be able to get a couple tickets for you guys, so hit me up if you need a pair of tickets. Um, look for Matt at Big Text twenty six on Twitter. He links all of his hot nineteen twenty six. Okay, okay. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Um, and I did use uh, a lot of your article there from from the Star Season preview as I was looking forward into this show. So thank thank you for that. And if anybody stars or Florida Panthers at thehockeywriters.com, make sure you find Matt. All his content is really solid stuff. So, Matt, thanks for joining us, and I will look forward to meeting you next week. All right. Thanks a lot for having me. Looking forward to next week, too. Okay. We'll let you go. Have a good night, man. Uh, You too. Thank you, Matt. Thanks a lot. Bye. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, Matt Pryor and Dana... Matt Pryor and Dana Lane join the Vegas Hockey Podcast, break down the Central Division. Chris, I'm going to let you go first with your... uh, your predictions, uh, if you want to go all the way through seven, you can. We kind of did just the top three, and then we'll save our, yeah, our wild card I'll, picks I'll for for the last show. Okay, sure. Give me your give me your top three. I got Dallas coming in third. Uh, they're, you know, they're explosive still, to say the least. You know, I'm more concerned with their goaltending than, I. you know, their, their young – I think the young defenseman – I'm going to do a decent job. Um, uh, you know, I wasn't a huge Golagowski fan. Uh, good, good for good for offense, but they needed more of a stabilizing defensive kind of guy. So I don't have a problem with that. I think Cam Lewis, if he stays healthy, could help them. Uh, I have St. Louis in second. Um, they've lost some key pieces there, to say the least. Uh, you know, they're kind of like in a position of Stanley Cup or bust. Uh, Stanley Cup. Uh, win or, you know, it has been a good year, so it's always under the microscope that there, you know, you keep wondering, you know, can Hitchcock is kind of a year-to-year kind of thing as well as he's on a one-year extension. You know, obviously they still have a solid team. Uh, you know, they don't have that two uh, headed monster tandem, if you will, I should probably say, with Elliot and Allen anymore. If one full person gets injured, you have the other. So that will be something interesting to watch how Jake, Jake Allen handles uh, the pressure of being the guy. And he did sign an extension this past offseason, so he is the guy. And I really like Nashville. I mean, um, I feel of all the teams in this in this deep in the best division in hockey, <coughs> excuse me, they have uh, they have the best mix. I think they have the deepest mix. Um, I think uh, the 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 way they played in the playoffs last year is really going to help this team in terms of believing to this year. I think Subban uh, is going to flourish, as Matt said. I think he's going to help them a lot on the power play. They've always been a very tough home team. Uh, you know, they're deep on defense. Uh, you know, if, if they were able to get one more forward in the offseason, be it a trade or free agency, I would love them to pieces. But, uh, I still like them. Uh, I think they're going to win. I think they're going to win the division. I that you took you took my sleeper, dude. That was. Uh... <laughs> well, I don't know if they're a sleeper, but uh... if they can get if they can get a not eighty-five to ninety percent Pecorine, um, absolutely. Hello, did I lose you? No, no, I'm here. Oh, okay, okay. I was was listening. No, that was was all I had to say about that. No, I'm just kidding. Um, No, I think think if he comes back and he's on form, um, 
I, I see too much, and I fall into this trap every year. Um, I see too much roster turnover in Chicago, and I will say that it's never stopped them before. <laughs> but I think maybe this year, as I said earlier, I think it goes a little bit too deep. I also think that the when you bring when you bring up your young defenseman, it's going to take a year, maybe two, before you really know what you have there. Um, it, it's just it's just tough to do. So I think the Stars do take that step back. I think losing back is in, in St. Louis and the other guys that they left. They take a step back as well. Um, but I don't, I don't see any of the – I don't see the Avs or Winnipeg making a run really. Um, I hesitate to move the Wild up, although Bruce Boudreaux does get a, a nice uptick when he joins a team for regular season play. So I'm kind of still undecided on that. I think I'll just stay – Predators is my my dark horse there in that division. I don't want to count out Chicago. I have too much respect for that club and their superstars, but if the injury bug does hit them, that's, that's going to be real tough for them to overcome that with the depth that they have now. Um I'll agree with with uh, Matt that I think St. Louis is going to be most able to overcome the players they lost and and you know keep the train on the track earliest out of the gate of those last year's top three. So I'm going to take St. Louis third, and I'm and I think I think Dallas. The goaltending in the defense. I know they got the high flying offense. I know they've got probably the most explosive. Uh, ben Ben Sagan. I mean, come on, that's probably the most explosive offense in the league. And they, as long as they're healthy, they're probably just going to get better. But I, I, I got questions on goaltending defense, so I'm gonna put Chicago in third place. Because I can't write off that. I can't. I cannot write off that team. Um, and and. And uh, I'll go a little bit against Dana earlier in the show. I am sold on Darling as a backup goalie. I mean, if you remember, not last year was it, but two years ago, he actually benched Crawford because um, Dar Darling was playing better uh, down the stretch, and he let Darling take them into the playoffs as as their starter. So I don't think I don't think Coach Q has any any questions in his mind about what he thinks about Darling. And that's good enough for me. I'm, I'm, I, I do think that he's more than a capable backup if Crawford does go down, which probably gives them the goaltending edge in the whole division as they got the, the best one-two combo out of everybody, I think. Yep, I could, I could see that. So our next show, we, uh, we break down the division near and dear to my heart. We break down the Metro division, and we have uh, Mark Sheik, uh, who... Uh, Join us for the big draft show and did a tremendous job. He covers the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets for the uh, the HockeyWriters.com. And you know, if in, just in case you missed our first preview show on the Atlantic Division, first off, shame on you. Second off, you can find it on SoundCloud, iTunes, I believe, as well as the HockeyWriters.com under the podcast page. So check that out. We had Dana Lane kicking off the show as this show uh, did, and we had Mr. Andrew Forbes. Uh, at Andrew G. Forbes from the HockeyWriters dot uh, com, breaking down the Atlantic Division. So that's uh, that was a very good show. So that's uh, that's must listen. And and if you missed our summer shows, uh, shame on you again. But check out our interviews with shows with George McPhee, the Vegas GM, as well as uh, ex NHL goalie from Larcha. So uh, looking forward to the next show, my friend. It's like I said, it's uh, kind of home. It's kind of like uh, home week. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. We are, uh, I mean, the season's getting closer. We were talking, it's two weeks from tonight is, is puck drop, opening night. Uh, real quick. That's right. Real quick, does does Team Europe get a win? Or does Canada take them out? I think they do. I think they, I, I think they do. I they did. They'll, they'll be a, a, for some reason, I think they're going to get a win. I did, uh, I did get a chance to catch the end of the second and and some of the third. Europe Europe was skating with them. Europe Europe. I mean, it was a it was a two one game. So 
I think I think Gabbert missing takes just that little punch out of Team Europe, and it'll be interesting to see. I I, I kind of want them to get a game just so we get a, a, a game three finale, but I don't know. It's going to be tough. Canada's Canada's fantastic. <laughs> Anyway, I think that'll just about wrap it up for tonight. And we're going to be doing our Metro Division. We're going to be recording it Sunday uh, for whatever reason. I guess everybody's schedule lines up that way. So we'll try and have that out. And then we'll have to, we're saving the Pacific for last. And we'll try and get that up, up next week. And then one more show. We'll, we'll give out our playoff predictions. And it's going to be time to drop the puck, man. That's, I'm looking forward to it. We have, uh, we're working on a lot of good guests, uh, both in uh, the rest of October and uh, the first half of November, too. So we're busy at work uh, laying, laying the groundwork. Yep. So we're going, to get, we're going to get out of here. Make sure you follow us at Vegas Hockey Pod on Twitter, SoundCloud, all that good stuff. Uh, make sure you follow Chris at the NL King on Twitter. He posts links to the articles he writes for his, the new fan-sided site he writes for, eyeontheisles.com, as well as his work at Last Word on Sports. So make sure you check out all his stuff there. For Chris, I'm Mark, and we're gone. <laughs>